Good morning, everyone. I invite you to open up your Bibles to the book of Psalms. We will be in Psalm 72 this morning. Now, as many of you probably have done, I have tuned my radio to a all Christmas songs radio station to get ready for the holiday season. And if you listen to the same radio station that I do each morning, they have a brain buster, a brain buster to keep you interested so that you'll keep listening. And this week, one asked the question, close to 70 percent of all households in America with kids have one of these in their home during the Christmas season. And so we all made our guesses and the answer was they have a countdown calendar or an advent calendar. And I thought that this was so appropriate because this year, as we go through the advent season, our theme is longing, what it means to long, what it means to look ahead and to desire. You see, at the very heart of advent is this sense that we are waiting for something to happen. And as we go day by day, counting down towards Christmas, it builds the longing within us. Over the last couple of weeks, we have explored this theme of longing. Pastor Ron Cox preached a few weeks ago about longing for restoration. Last week, we talked about longing for peace. And this morning, as we turn our attention to Psalm 72, we see How God's word instructs us to long for justice. So let us turn our attention now to Psalm 72, beginning in verse one. This is God's holy word for his people. Give the king your justice, O God, and your righteousness to the royal son. May he judge your people with righteousness and your poor with justice. Let the mountains bear prosperity for the people and the hills in righteousness. May he defend the cause of the poor of the people. Give deliverance to the children of the needy and crush the oppressor. May they fear you while the sun endures and as long as the moon throughout all generations. May he be like rain that falls on the mown grass, like showers that water the earth. In his days may the righteous flourish and peace abound till the moon be no more. May he have dominion from sea to sea and from the river to the ends of the earth. May desert tribes bow down before him and his enemies lick the dust. May the kings of Tarshish and of the coastlands render him tribute. May the kings of Sheba and Seba bring gifts. May all kings fall down before him and all nations serve him. For he delivers the needy when he calls, the poor in he, him who has no helper. He has pity on the weak and the needy and saves the lives of the needy. From oppression and violence he redeems their life and precious is their blood in his sight. Long may he live. May gold of Sheba be given to him. May prayer be made for him continually and blessings invoked for him all the day. May there be abundance of grain in the land on the tops of the mountains. May it wave. May its fruit be like Lebanon. And may the people blossom in the cities like the grass of the field. May His name endure forever. His fame continue as long as the sun. 
May people be blessed in Him. All nations call Him blessed. Blessed be the Lord, the God of Israel, who alone does wondrous things. Blessed be His glorious name forever. May the whole earth be filled with His glory. Amen and Amen. The prayers of David, the son of Jesse, are ended. This is God's holy word for us, His people. Let us pray. Almighty God, we come to you now in this season of Advent, this season of longing. And as we read your word concerning the king, our hearts call out for such a king. We pray, O Lord, that in this time you would fix our attention upon your word and that by the power of your spirit, you might change our hearts, that you might change our affections, that we might not long, Lord, for the things of this world, but that we might long for Christ. And it's in His name that we do pray. Amen. That's not fair. This is something that children seem to instinctively sense. The inherent unfairness of life in a broken world. Every Christmas, someone gets a bigger or better present than me. It's not fair that her parents bought her a new iPhone and my parents didn't. It's not fair that my brother received four gifts from mom and dad and I only received three. It's not justice that Johnny got a brand new Xbox One and I'm still playing with my dad's old Xbox or PlayStation 2. And yet it's not just children who call unfair during the Christmas season. Adults often protest, whether verbally or internally, about the unfairness of life in this world. Sometimes it's trivial matters about who gets the better parking spot, who has the nicer car, who has better hair follicles than me. But other times our sense of injustice strikes at more central issues. Why does she get pregnant when she doesn't even want children and yet... We're dealing with infertility. It's not fair that he was born into a family of wealth and never had to work a day in his life, whereas I work hard every day and I'm still struggling to pay the bills and to provide a Christmas for my children. It's not fair that I work out and eat right and I got arthritis and that slob over there is going to live pain-free for 95 years. We have a desire for life to reflect a sense of equity. And when the good things of life are not distributed within our perceived sense of fairness, we protest and we feel taken advantage of in this world. Now, there is a common parental response to this tension of injustice in the world. Wisdom that we have all heard and probably most of us have passed on at some point in our lives. Life isn't fair, so get used to it. And while such a response may adequately deal with the inequitable distribution of Christmas cookies, it's not a very satisfying answer to the deeper questions of injustice in our lives. Questions of why sickness come to one and not another. Why some who are innocent are found guilty. 
Why those in power often abuse their power for their own good and those with resources often withhold from those in need. It doesn't help the abused and the bullied to say get used to it. It doesn't help the woman continually passed over for promotion or the man denied a fair trial. It doesn't help those dealing with chronic pain. It doesn't give a grieving parent who has lost a child any sense of what equity should be. Or the husband who has lost a wife decades earlier than he had expected. There has to be a more satisfying answer to the longing that all of us have for justice than merely just saying to those who are in grief, life isn't fair, so get used to it. In our passage for this morning, we come to a prayer. A prayer written by King David for his son Solomon on his coronation day. The prayer was an expression of a father's heart, of David's desire to see the rule of his son be blessed with righteousness, with prosperity, longevity, growth, and power over his enemies. But through the ages, this prayer went from being the prayer of a father for his son to the prayer of a people for their king. For the people desired a king who would execute his office with righteousness and bring prosperity to the land. They desired a leader who would expand his rule and provide security for all those under his care. They desired a king who would bring to them the justice that their hearts so longed to receive. And so they prayed. They prayed that the Lord would send such a king, a king who would bring them equity and fairness, a king who would rule not for his own glory, but for the glory of God and for the good of the people. And what we will see is that just as the people of Israel prayed for a righteous ruler, so too must we pray for the Lord to send us such a king. For all Christians must long for justice, By praying for a coming righteous king. Now the first thing that we learn from our text is that God's people who long for justice must pray for a righteous earthly king. In 1 Timothy chapter 2, Paul exhorts all Christians saying, First of all then, I urge that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgiving be made for all people, for kings, and all who are in high positions, that we may lead a peaceful and quiet life. Do you want a peaceful and quiet life? Do you want justice in your life? Do you want this? Then pray for your rulers. You see, God has established authorities in our lives. He has given to us earthly fathers and mothers, teachers, mayors, governors, judges, representatives. He's given to the United States a president and to other countries their rulers. And whether we agree with them or not, we are all called to pray for the authorities in our lives. We might feel that they are not executing justice or not promoting the welfare of the land. Nevertheless, in obedience to Psalm 72, in obedience to 1 Timothy chapter 2, we are called to pray that the earthly authorities in our lives would use their authority to execute justice and bring peace and prosperity. 
Now, when we pray for this justice, what does it look like? Well, if you look at your text in verse two, we read. May he judge your people with righteousness and your poor with justice. Verse four says, may he defend the cause of the poor of the people. Give deliverance to the children of the needy and crush the oppressor. Then in verses 12 and 14 we read, For He delivers the needy when He calls the poor and him who has no helper. He has pity on the weak and the needy and saves the lives of the needy. From oppression and violence He redeems their life and precious is their blood in His sight. What does true justice entail? Well, justice is primarily displayed in how those who are in authority treat those who are weak and disadvantaged. Justice comes about. Justice is executed when the poor and marginalized are cared for. When the children are not victimized and the weak are given help. This is what verse 1 of our text means when it says, Give the king your justice, O God, and your righteousness to the royal son. The rule of the earthly king is meant to be a reflection of God's just rule. Deuteronomy chapter 10 explains this, For the Lord your God is God of gods and Lord of lords, the great, the mighty, and the awesome God who is not partial And takes no bribe. He executes justice for the fatherless and the widow. And loves the sojourner. Giving him food and clothing. When will we receive the justice that our heart so desires? When will prosperity and peace and stability and blessing be brought to the land? When our earthly authorities seek not to serve themselves but when they use their power to serve others. When husbands use their spiritual authority within their house to bless and to serve their wives and their children. When legislators enact laws that will benefit all people, especially those with no power to fend for themselves. When the president or prime minister use their power to protect those who are physically, intellectually, culturally, or economically without power. And this is what we must pray for. We must pray for earthly authorities who will bring saving justice to the helpless. Saving justice to the helpless. For as commentator James Mays explains, this saving justice is the definitive mark of the reign of God. The sign of the One who represents the Lord of all the world. And while we may believe that prosperity and peace will come when a few wealthy and powerful are happy, the Word of God tells us in verse 16 that when justice is executed for all, then there will be abundance of grain in the land. Then its fruit will be like Lebanon. Then will the people blossom like the grass of the field. You see... This is the earthly leadership that we must long for and pray that our leaders will pursue the justice of God to save the weakest among us. For as we long for justice in our own lives, we must pray for the justice of our leaders. Pray that our leaders would protect the unborn. Pray that they would protect the orphan 
the single mothers and the battered wives. Pray that the Lord would give us leaders who will protect the widows and the immigrants, the minorities and the poor. Pray that our leaders will protect the physically weak and the aged and defend life to the very end. Pray that they will punish the wicked and put an end to fraud and extortion and theft and violence. Pray that our judges would rule over the land and sentence fairly. That is, pray for our earthly kings that they would bring saving justice to our land. Even as Psalm 72 verse 6 says, Pray that our earthly kings may be like rain that falls on the mown grass, like showers that water the earth. If you are longing for justice this Christmas season, that longing is to be expressed first in a prayer for the authorities in your life. That though they are not perfect, that they would execute the justice of God. And yet, as we look throughout the world, as we look throughout history, we find that never was there a king like this. Never has there been a ruler who has perfectly enacted God's justice. A father is not always fair. A teacher does not always grade the same. A boss does not always treat his employees with equity. A king never rules without any injustice. And so we must continue to long for justice. We continue to pray for God's righteous king, realizing that the words of Psalm 72 were always meant to point us beyond a human king. Psalm 146 reminds us, put not your trust in princes and a son of man in whom there is no salvation. Blessed is he whose help is the God of Jacob, who executes justice for the oppressed, who gives food to the hungry. The Lord sets the prisoner free. The Lord opens the eyes of the blind. Yes, we must pray for our earthly kings, but we must put our trust in a heavenly king. This truth became painfully apparent for the people of Israel throughout their history. King Solomon came closest to fulfilling Psalm 72, but then his son Rehoboam brought division to the kingdom. And then king after king failed to enact God's justice until the kingdom of Israel was destroyed by Babylon and the people exiled from Judah. Yet with no king upon the throne, the people of Israel continued to pray Psalm 72. Now more than ever realizing that they were not merely praying for an earthly king, but a heavenly one. The prophets foresaw this coming king and his saving justice. And they proclaimed to a people in exile, to a people without a king, that this king would come and he would have the spirit of the Lord, that he would judge the poor with righteousness and the meek with equity. They saw that he would destroy wickedness and of his kingdom there would be no end. They saw his coming and proclaimed to the people that a king would come who would fulfill Psalm 72 to its fullest. For a season, the people of God toil under the tyranny of this broken world, but one will come who will bring the saving justice of God to bear in all realms of life. Yet the prophets foresaw that He would bring it about in a way that was not expected. 
Yes, this coming King would reign, but His saving justice would be accomplished through humility and service. For Isaiah the prophet said of this coming King that He had no form or majesty that we should look at Him and no beauty that we should desire Him. He was despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. But surely He has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. He was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. And upon Him was the chastenment that brought us peace. And with His wounds we are healed. O God, could there be such a King like this who would come? Could there be one who would come not to be served, but to serve? Could there be a King who would so serve His people even to the point of death? Psalm 72 teaches us to pray for a just King. But not merely a just earthly King, but a heavenly King. A King who will rule with saving justice on behalf of the oppressed, even if it means being pierced for our transgressions. Even if it means that He must be crushed for us. A King who would die for the life of His people. You see, when we pray Psalm 72, we are praying for King Jesus. We are praying that His kingdom would be established. That His saving justice would reign. We are praying that His dominion would be from sea to sea and to the ends of the earth. We are praying that all nations and kings would bow before Him. We are praying that His fame would continue into eternity and that all nations would call Him blessed. And therefore, as we long for justice, we must see that it will only come through the universal reign of Jesus Christ. The one born of the line of David who established justice for His people and defeated His enemies through His death on the cross. It is His rule that we are longing for and His kingdom that we desire. You see, when we want to say, that's not fair. This world isn't fair. That right is yielding to might that Satan's cause is gaining throughout the world. When we are tempted to feel this way, we must pray for the expansion of Christ's reign in this world. We must pray for the expansion of Christ's reign over our hearts and over the hearts of men and women. We must pray for His saving justice to come about. For as Isaiah chapter 9 says, for to us a child is born. To us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulders, and he shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. You see, as we long for justice in this world, we must long, we must pray for a heavenly King. Yet just as kingless Israel prayed Psalm 72 in tension, waiting for the coming of Jesus, so too do we Christians pray Psalm 72 in tension, awaiting the second coming of Jesus to completely fulfill the promises of justice, righteousness, prosperity, peace, universal dominion. You see, when Christ came to fulfill the promises of God, He did heal the blind, but not all the blind. 
He did care for the poor, but the poor remain. He did heal the sick, but disease continues. He did raise the dead, but the bodies of our brothers and sisters, our mothers and fathers in Christ remain in their graves. And so we must also wait and pray for an eternal king. An eternal king whose rule will have no end and whose kingdom will bring the promises of Psalm 72 to their complete fulfillment. You see, when we long for justice in this world, what we are longing for is the future reign of Christ. We are longing for the day that will come when He will be revealed and all the blind will see. All the poor will be made fruitful. All the sick will be healed. All the dead will be raised to eternal life. That is the justice that we are longing for. In the kingdom that is to come, Jesus will reign with eternal and universal equity and justice. In that land, there will be no mourning or crying. There will be no more pain or fear. There will be no fathers who abuse, lords who take advantage, thieves who steal, kings who oppress. But Christ will reign forever and ever, and of His rule there will be no end. That is what we are longing for. That is the justice that our heart desires. Eternal life under the rule of the exalted Lord of Lord and King of Kings. As Psalm 72 verse 18 and 19 says, Blessed be the Lord, the God of Israel, who alone does wondrous things. Blessed be His glorious name forever and ever. May the whole earth be filled with His glory. That is the day that we long for as Christians. And yet... We live in a world where adults and children alike say, that's not fair. We all sense that something is off. But we have gotten it wrong if we think that the hardships of our life reflect an injustice on God's part. Yes, there is injustice and inequity between man and man. Yes, there is an unfair distribution of wealth and goods. And yes, we should long for a day when justice reigns. And yet the reason there is such injustice now is because of our own rebellion against God's kingdom. We long for His benevolent rule, but by our own sin we, we rebel against it. And as rebels, each of us suffer. We receive a just reward for our sin. For we have thrown off God's justice and by Adam's guilt and our own personal sin, we have rightly come under the rule of an enemy. We have defected out of the kingdom of God into the kingdom of Satan. And that is why we long for justice, because we were created for justice, but we live in a kingdom of injustice. And by standards of fairness, we would all remain under Satan's rule of iniquity. But God chose out of His grace to send us a king. God chose to send a king who would by His own death defeat our enemy, to secure our pardon and establish a new eternal kingdom where all of our longings for justice will be completely fulfilled. 
life isn't fair. But don't get used to it. Because King Jesus is coming. And He will establish justice in this world. Life is not fair now, but life will be fair when our King returns. He will defeat all of our enemies. He will bring peace and prosperity and healing and justice to all who hope in Him. So as you long for justice this Advent season, don't long for justice in the things of this world, but turn your attention to a heavenly, eternal King who is coming. And when He returns, who will fulfill all of your longings. For it is by His blood shed on the cross that justice is established. So run to Him. Trust in Him. And all of your longings will be fulfilled this Advent season. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. King Jesus, we declare in hope and faith that You are truly the Lord of lords and King of kings. And yet we live in a world that feels unfair. And so we pray, O God, that You would send forth Your Son, that the time would come to its completion, to its appointed end, and that all of us who mourn in lonely exile here will receive our King. Lord Jesus, help us to know that our longing is for You. We pray this in Your holy name. Amen.